Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. And I'm going to take you on a journey of rich storytelling through our now 40-year rich history. And I invite you to sit back and listen to these eccentric stories. But don't forget to take a few notes along the way because these eccentric stories are going to have tricks and tips to get you to that line come summer. So sit back, enjoy, and then we'll see you at home. We'll see you in Leadville. Leadville family, I got a treat for you today. Uh, We like to focus on runners, bikers, and community members. Today's guest is all three. Leadville has definitely found him. He's planted his roots deep in the community, so much so that he's today's Leadville's sheriff. So please welcome Heath Speckman. We have a saying in Leadville, you don't find Leadville, Leadville finds you. Well, Heath, when did Leadville find you? Well, Leadville found me in 2016. I was a uh, just leaving uh, another chapter in my life of being a gym owner uh, back in Massachusetts, and it was time to come back to Colorado. I always wanted to come back after joining the military in 2000, and uh, so my wife offered that that to me and I you know it took just a second to agree with her it was a quick decision and uh, I took that route via the uh, applying for this Colorado State Patrol Um, so I I, uh, earned a position with the State Patrol and they assigned me to Leadville in 2016 so that's that's what brought me here well great and you know before we dig too much into your athletic background let's dig more into that uh uh, your career path. So out of high school to today, um, you've definitely had a very focused career path. Uh, you've definitely been very selfless in the careers you've taken on. So I'd like you to cover that quickly for us. If you could, you know, you leave high school, what happens? Sure. Yeah. Right out of high school. Um, I joined the Air Force active duty and uh, the, in the secu- security forces career field. Uh, my, my dad had been a lifelong um, law enforcement officer, and that was just a path that I decided I wanted to pursue. And uh, so it seemed like a perfect combination of getting some experience and also having the opportunity to serve my country. So I joined uh, at 18, and, uh, and like I said, in the year 2000, um, I did uh, – about 10 years active duty air force uh went all over the world so it was a really cool experience um i had duty stations in wyoming and alaska and massachusetts and then each one of those brought many deployments around the world Uh, so a really cool experience met a lot of great people Um, but in 2010 i decided it was time to focus more on the family and got out of the air force um, and decided to pursue something that I've always dreamt of was to be a business owner. Uh, so I combined that with another passion, which was fitness. So I was pretty heavily involved in CrossFit, uh, prior to that, uh, through my military and decided to open a CrossFit affiliate, which my wife and I did in 2010. So we ran that in Massachusetts on the Western side of the state for about six years. 
before moving to back to Colorado. So I know I explained a little bit about that, but um, that was about a year-long process to um, apply for the Colorado State Patrol. So it took took some time to do that, but felt like the right decision, the right move. And um, that was, we we're a little surprised to get Leadville, to be honest. It was uh, <laughs> something that wasn't exactly on our radar, but my wife was more familiar with it than I was uh, because she had read the book Born to Run. And uh, so she, she knew about the race again before I did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you spent our, uh, since 2016, we've been in Leadville, um, as a trooper, my wife is, uh, a school teacher at the center uh, and our kids are in the school, uh, here also. So we got pretty involved in Leadville, um, while being a trooper. Um, but just recently this year, uh, made a pretty dramatic change to, uh, decide to run for sheriff of Lake County. Uh, just to try to bring some consistency to law enforcement here. Uh, so I had to resign from the state patrol to do that. It's just something within the state's policy. You can't be a candidate um, and an employee at the same time. So I resigned from the state patrol in March of this year to run for Lake County Sheriff. Um, and then another thing happened in March where the current sheriff resigned. So I applied to be the interim and uh, was appointed by the county commissioners in uh, May of this year to be the sheriff. So currently I'm the sheriff of Lake County. Well, and I mean, okay, so and you met Katie, and, and she was also active military when you were, correct? And that's how you met? 100%, yeah. So and, she was on the same career field. And I think her name's going to come up quite a bit. So, uh, okay, um, yeah. you come to Leadville, you quickly ad adopt these this new career idea, She's, you know, full bore with you. Your kids are getting involved. Um, before this, were you athletic at all? I mean, you guys were obviously athletic to have that military background or to have, you know, be in the Colorado State Patrol. You got to be a little fit. But were either you involved uh, in running or biking or had she just read the book at this point? Yeah, mainly just the book for her. Uh, we were we were both, I'd say, you know, lifelong fitness focused and through different activities. Um, you know, Katie was always involved in fitness in, in some manner. She she still is. She loves going to the gym even to this day. And I was in the military, um, got involved in competitions early on with you know running obstacle courses and shooting and tactical events and whatnot. And, um, and then when CrossFit came around, I started getting pretty heavy into the CrossFit scene. And then that's why we opened that CrossFit affiliate. Um, but for the endurance stuff, it was, it was mainly just through, you know, running courses in the military, ruck marches, things along those lines. And I mountain biked as a hobby, uh, mainly. And Katie was, uh, she never mountain biked before. So she actually didn't start till she got to Leadville. Um, but as for anything longer, ultra distance, it, it was, that was foreign to us. Okay. So then what got the two of you to sign up for that mountain bike race in 2017? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely Katie. She said, you know, she told me about this, they have the mountain bike version of the hundred and that we can apply for the lottery. So she, uh, put both of our names 
in that application for the lottery. And my thought was that, uh, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll never get in, you know, I'll never win any sort of lottery. So no big deal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we both got in that year. So I was kind of actually, if anything, a little frustrated about it. <laughs> I, <laughs> she, she was excited of course, but, um, yeah, the distance was pretty intimidating and I thought, well, that doesn't sound like fun actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, we got in and, um, that was, that, that was definitely a a pivotal point in our life because it's been dramatically different since that, that year. Well, it it seems like your lives together have been on the gas pedal the whole time. And it (laughs) seems like you just traded in for a faster car. Uh, so let's, let's talk about those finishes for a while. Let's unpack that just a bit. Uh, so what were your times here? You are 2017. Do you remember what your time was then you've now done the race three other years for a total of four official years. We'll unpack that too. Um, but those four years, do you know what your times were? Roughly. Um, so the first year was, uh, it was cutting it close. I was, uh, I want to say 1137, somewhere around there. Uh, so over 11 and a half hours. Um, and it was just, a, you know, a survival event, <laughs> try to make the cutoff. Uh, the, the next year, uh, I knew what I was getting myself into that time. So I put a little more effort into training and, you know, reduced my time down to low 11s, 11, oh um, something. Um, and then, 2019 was quite a bit different. Uh, I received an, another uh, bet you can't do it type of challenge from my wife, and she, <laughs> she challenged me to a lead man. And so uh, my my third go for Leadville uh, 100 bike was a, a lead man attempt, and that that was kind of a, a crazy year since I started the year off of training with a broken ankle. Um, so there was that was an interesting year, but I was able to spend a lot of time on the trainer, even with a boot on. So I trained pretty hard that year and was able to cut about two and a half hours off my time and was uh, 828, I believe, uh, for 2019. Um, And then 2020 was canceled and 21. So last year I was 813. Yes, very impressive. You beat me by over an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, boy. Um, But that's this is what it's about, right? So how did you go from being an 11-hour 40 guy to an 813 guy? Well, I think it's a combination of things. You know, know, when I put the effort into training, I've done it for a couple of years, and really with minimum – training it was just mountain biking for fun you know on the weekends type of thing and then i decided to you know put some good effort into the training and uh and and also the mindset of like okay let's see how how fast i can go you know with some good training in place uh so it was both physical and mental and and just having that you know determination to stick out the training which i think is one of the biggest challenges for these races is really just staying focused throughout the year on your training well, okay, so here we are. We have the gas on your career. Uh, we have the gas on your athletics. Uh, 
I said that you had four official finishes. Now I want to get back to that point for a second. And I want to ask you if you remember when we met. And I want to tell everybody that's a very leading question. And I'd like the level set for a Leadville family. Um, I was going to ride the Leadville Trail 100 myself with our friend Jessica for the COVID year uh, in June of 2020. And as I was preparing to do this, my high school coach, a man whose opinion I respect as much as my own father's, Frank Minson, was set to crew for us. And as it turns out, Frank got a couple riding buddies that were going to join us for 30 miles. And at this time, I thought it was cute, and you were Frank's neighbor, and you joined us for 30 miles of our little jaunt. I then finished my little ride in several hours, you know, and after time would have been on my little bike, and went back to Minnesota and came back in August. And uh, in the meantime, we'd started this little challenge at Lifetime in the Leadville Race Series called the 100,000K Challenge. And when I came back in August, Frank had updated me about my new riding buddy, Heath. <laughs> Frank let me know that you'd done the 100K Challenge. Uh, but I don't want to give the spoiler alert. Why don't you tell us about what that looked like for you and... Did you ride Leadville Trail 100 course, all 104 miles of it, at all in 2020? Yes, I, I did. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll step back a second here. And I do recall that, that day we met there on 6th and Harrison. And, and I think you missed a part of your story there that you, you tried the the, to do the whole course on a gravel bike is that right <laughs> well yes but let's <laughs> let's not downplay your effort here <laughs> that, that, that sounded pretty brutal but um yeah so the hundred thousand foot challenge you know came about and i mentally i was i was pretty determined and i'll, I'll give a just a quick backstory here in 2019 i mentioned my time and i mentioned how i I did. It was a, a lead man attempt year, and uh, how I entered the year with a, a broken ankle, and um, so I didn't finish lead man. I made it to mile seventy seven ish of uh, of the hundred run, uh, missing the three a.m. cutoff by fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and so that left me with uh, just a, a fire inside of me to to finish lead man. And so I had heavily focused a lot of my time and efforts on a 2020 finish. Um, so when, when the pandemic hit us and races were canceled, um, I was looking, you know, I was pretty determined to do something. And, uh, so thankfully this uh, hundred thousand foot challenge came about and, and, and I wanted to make it special. And I thought that, you know, that I was pretty fortunate to be able to live in Leadville and have access to the course. And I thought about how many people were disappointed to not be able to come out and race Leadville in 2020. And so the combination of making it special to myself and kind of, you know, in a way honoring everybody else who wanted to be here, I thought, well, I'll do something related to the course. And so I thought, well, there's roughly, you know, it's eight weeks, 
so I did the math on how, how much per week and, uh, came to 12,500 per week. And I thought, well, that's about the whole lead build course. <laughs> and, and then I thought, well, how would I do that? Or should I break it up, you know, a couple days a week. And then, then the thought came, well, I'll just do the whole, whole course once a week, uh, for eight weeks. And that'll get me pretty close. I, I believe the exact or close to the exact amount of feet climbed in the Leadville 100. It's about 12,200 ish. Um, so that left me a little short, but I decided I would go hit Columbine one more time to top it off and, and make sure I hit my 100,000. So, so that's what I did. I, uh, um, I, I was off from my state patrol job Thursday through Saturday at the time. So I figured one of those three days I would hit up the 100 course, uh, do the entire thing. And, um, it was actually about 108 miles each time because I had to go around private property. So <laughs> it was a little couple bonus miles there, but, um, I had one of my uh, good friends that was going to try to join me for a lot of it. And he did, he's completed quite a few of them with me. Uh, his name's David Curtis and he's my, one of my training partners and good friends. And so him and I would try to schedule a time to meet over at, um, just above sixth and Harrison at Cornerstone church Parker vehicles there. And it was, uh, around 6am. I want to say we, we scheduled to meet and start the course there and had my, my wife, Katie and kids kind of turned each weekend into a mini race experience where they would help out with crewing and, and, uh, to make sure that we can finish it. Um, so we, we rode pretty hard and, but you know, it was nothing like racing. Um, I finished all, all eight of them in under 12 hours and really only had one time where it was a close call where I had multiple flats, ran out of tubes. And, uh, that can be a separate story. I tell you about <laughs> that was kind of funny running into Ty hall to help me out you know, just by coincidence. But yeah, that's, that's how I got my hundred thousand feet. Well, and I mean, I still, and just, not very good at comprehending it, what you did that summer. I mean, because this is, I'm a guy that, you know, really does, I tell everybody this all the time, I want to quit everything. And I mean, I really do look to our Leadville family and particularly those back of the Packers to get my inspiration, my motivation. And I just find it so fascinating that you're, you know, four years into your journey and, you know, two of those years are, you know, high 11, well, 11s. And I mean, just the, the mental attitude it takes. And my next question was going to be to ask you your why. And I think you opened and described that very well. Um, this is twice your number of Leadville finishes that count in one summer. But that's not even what bought. So I'd like to say that was the only crazy thing you did in 2020. But yeah. then, uh, you know, Rebecca Rush, I think, came up with it was the Everesting Challenge. And I know that uh, we got a couple super bad homeboys in the name of Marvin and Wesley Sandoval and the three you got some harebrained idea to Everest Columbine. And, you know, that sounded horrible enough. Let's just have you tell that story for our Leadville family. Sure. 
Yeah, and that actually that came about before the 100,000 foot challenge, um, and for a lot of the same reasons is why I decided to do that because that was a little sooner. And um, yeah, so the the uh, Rebecca Rush uh, Everest challenge uh, that she she put on seemed like an attractive thing to, for me to to try. And again, like, well, how do you make this special? And it's got to be, you know, a certain climb somewhere is how it works. And you're supposed to climb, you know, the total amount of feet equal to the height of Mount Everest, um, which is over 28,000 feet. And it, it works where you, you find that hill and you go just up and down it basically until you reach that uh, total elevation gain. Um, there's, there's a couple rules to it. Basically needs to be a nonstop effort, meaning, you know, obviously you can stop for crew type of stuff, but no, uh, no taking a couple days off and then going back after it. Um, so when I, when I heard that, I, the, that was a, a pretty quick thought that jumped in my head on what's a good hill that is around my area. And it's pretty memorable is, um, is the Columbine climb. Um, so, so I, I did some, some recon of the area because that was Memorial weekend. So at that time of year in Leadville, as you well know, Cole, there's still a lot of uh, snow. So yes. <laughs> we, uh, we took, uh, an, brought the ATVs up, uh, oh, just a few days before just to kind of get current conditions and, and sure enough, or, you know, we weren't able to get to the top, you know, in a, in a smooth manner, of course, you can hike through and hike around, but I, you know, wanted to keep it to a bike event. So mm-hmm. we were able to get up from the, the part where, uh, let's see how to describe this. You, you, you know, you come off the private property, you take a ride up that smooth dirt road. And then there's that, that alternate aid station. Yep. Um, that's, that's about where we, camped out to start the climb and we were able to get uh exactly five miles up um so it included a little bit of that goat trail um uh, part probably a mile of that or so okay I'm, I'm kind of guessing at this point and and that's what we decided and um so i got a reading i think it was uh, around 2,000 feet of climbing at that point uh, maybe a little more uh, but the math came to, I'd have to do that, uh, 14 times. Um, so that was, uh, it seemed like quite the challenge, um, there. So I, yeah, I reached out to some friends to see if we can get some, some more people there. We actually had quite a few people show up because that, uh, Everest challenge had different options. Uh, you know, you can do uh, half Everest, I believe, is one of them. Uh, and they just had other options. I don't recall what they were, but other people were like, yeah, I'll come do that for a little bit. I even had people say they'll come do one of the climbs with me uh, on my journey to Mount Everest. And <laughs> so it uh, it turned into a pretty cool event. Actually, Marvin couldn't join us that, that weekend. I think he had another some some other event somewhere else. Um, but yeah, Wes was there again, my friend, David Curtis, and then, uh, some other people there too. So, uh, we scheduled it for that weekend when it was supposed to happen and, um, started at 4am, I believe. Uh, and yeah, just me, Wes and David, and there was another, uh, David with us that was going to do uh, one of the other options. Uh, so we, the four of us started pretty early 
and uh, just started our trek up and down <laughs> 14 times um, that that weekend is always pretty special to me too because uh, you know I'm able to remember some friends that I lost while I was in the service so one of the other things I did was uh, um, at, at our turnaround point I had a little um, flag set up stuck in the ground and uh, that was Every time I thought I got to get up there and give a little salute to um, somebody I've lost um, in the military. So uh, that kept me going. Um, it, it ended up taking me uh, 23 and a half hours. So just shy of a, a full day to complete it. Um, but a little quick story here on my, my last go around was I had been using uh, our, when it, when it started getting dark, so um, you know, later in the evening, my wife had, uh, she was helping me out with crewing and my kids were there too. So, uh, they decided to start just following me up and down for the, for the last, you know, handful of laps at, in the dark, uh, which was great to have them there. It kept me going for sure. And when we got to the point of the, um, uh, where the, the goat road goat trail starts um i didn't have her drive up that because it's kind of rough for a vehicle so she would just turn around and head down and meet me at the bottom for another go um but what i had been doing just to record it so i can get a, an official check off the list of uh accomplishing everest i had to record it and i was using my watch um i noticed that my battery was starting to die and i had no other way i was recording this so i decided to give it a quick quick charge so i threw it into the uh truck went during one of our stops and got a got a charge on it it was uh my my last go up this the the goat trail portion to our turnaround point and uh so i told my wife and kids goodbye for one more time and you know see at the bottom and we'll close this ordeal up i got up to the the turnaround point gave my final salute to the flag, grabbed the flag to take it back down with me. And I was like, oh, I wonder what time it is. And I went to look at my watch and it wasn't, it wasn't on me anymore. So I realized I'd left it on the charger. <laughs> so you know, I'm trying to get an official recording here. So I had my phone with me. I called my wife and told her to stop immediately <laughs> and pause the watch, bring it back up to me. I got to record this final mile, mile and a half trek up. So I did that last part. 15 times <laughs> just to get a recording of it and made that final trip down at whatever time in the morning it was 3 a.m <laughs> so i wanted to make it official yeah, i'd say that's over official we call that cut from a different cloth and uh, <laughs> you definitely are um so all of these tasks on the bike just seem incredibly daunting. I mean, of ep epic proportions of stuff like the godfather of endurance, John Stamstead would be doing. Um, but hey, you've touched on, on this a couple times. So you start dabbling in the idea of lead man in 2019. You're on a broken leg, broken ankle. We pull you. You don't quit. You come back in 2020. That, I mean, you're, you're, you're hitting these huge achievements as a spiker. And now you're trying to be 
enter this world of the run and and that's going to be three times the length of race what got you to transition and take on the different discipline to such an extreme boy that's a i don't know if i have a great answer for that other than you know it's a challenge uh i like i like seeing you know or overcoming limits it just and and really on a small level you know just within my own household i feel like it's been a great example for my kids to not put limits on their thoughts and what they'd like to achieve. And uh, that, that might be my biggest why is just my own kids. And if it has any rollover benefit to other people, that's a bonus. Um, but yeah, probably just the, the, the main reason is, you know, overcoming things that seem impossible. Well, I think you do that in all life. I think it definitely has a rollover bonus. Uh, your why. I would like to pause here and recognize that Heath was signed up for the 2022 Leadman Challenge. And like we discussed earlier, this career opportunity arose uh, where he could once again selflessly serve Leadville, help advance his family. Um, So I'm asking a favor for all of you to support him as much as you can. Those of you that are voting Leadville family members, um, Heath and his beautiful family are the best fit for Leadville, and I can't say enough about them. Um, So that gives a good segue, though. From a sheriff perspective, uh, you're not going to be out there. You're going to be out there in a different form with your sheriff hat on what can we do for you and what can, how can we all work together for these upcoming hundred mile weekends from your perspective? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that uh, plug there, Cole. Um, yeah, I've been in this position for a little over a couple of months now and it's been a wild ride and so far and, and I was a little resistant to it, but yeah, I made the decision to defer Leadman to next year, um, which at this point, after making that decision a couple of months ago, I realized that it was the smart move to make and that I need to focus my efforts and attention on Lake County mm-hmm. and of course my family. So that was actually a harder decision than it was to resign from the state patrol. It was just as, you know, it's been such a part of our life lately, but um, yeah, the couple of things that I had put some thought into for, for, for that, uh, along those lines, Cole would be, uh, from two perspectives. One is for all the racers out there, you, you know, I, I asked that when, when you go to those, uh, briefings before the race and we get all hyped up and we, we say the different things that get us, uh, motivated that you carry all that into the race for me and, and that you really put your effort into working as hard as you can, not quitting, having that determination that'll get you to the finish line. And you do that, you know, for me, uh, since I can't race this year. And, uh, so it's, it's been hard to show up to the races in uniform and not uh, running <laughs> shoes or a bike helmet. It's, if anything, it's just been, uh, that's been pretty tough. And, so that's that request. The, the other thing is just from um, a safety standpoint, one of the reasons why, excuse me, why I uh, deferred the races this year was uh, they're, they're busy for Leadville. Uh, 
uh, Leadville explodes in population uh, and traffic and there's people walking around, there's cyclists everywhere. And there's a strong need for uh, responses to medical situations, to law enforcement situations. And those are all things that I wanted to make myself available to respond to. Uh, but you can make our lives a lot easier if you, if everyone can keep that in mind that, you know, that this is a community that is here year round uh, just to respect our lands, respect our laws you know, obey the speed limits and, you know, don't, you know, have, have fun, please have fun, but just keep it all within the legal parameters. And that way uh, I can only meet you on the trails, riding together, running together and, and not, not in uniform. I don't, you know, in, in a bad way, of course, if I'm on the start line, I would love to talk with you, shake your hand and encourage you any way I can. Uh, but let's not do it with my lights and sirens going. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us want that. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, so, hey, I mean, so it seems like a lot of these ideas, once again, started back with Katie and her her helping push you. Um, but, you know, she, you definitely have your passions. She's just there to bring them out, I feel like. Um, so my next question was, what does uh, 2023 and beyond Heath look like? Will we see you in more running challenges or staying on two wheels for the time being? But I think you've answered that. I think you've made it very clear that you're very lead man hungry. Um, but uh, while we're here and since you've been through the lead man, let's dig more into that running side of things. We do have a, a fair number of athletes that are bikers crossing over to the run and uh i think that's a very challenging thing to do i'm sure you don't disagree right what what was the hardest part of that transition for you um you know i guess patience you know i feel like on the bike you can you can start off pretty hard riding you know you know, building miles and keep the intensity up. But uh, the running aspect for me, at least, was a little more brutal on the body. And, it, you know, it requires some patience in building miles, which you obviously have to do for these these ultra uh, events. So that, that was it, you know, mainly for me was to make sure that I don't go too hard, too fast and do too many miles. And and so, but by, by no means am I a coach or a professional with, with that. I just, you know, appreciate putting in the hard work. So, um, you know, the coaching aspect I think is important if, if that's something that is available to you in your life that really helps with that transition, uh, especially if it's really new to you. You know, I, I really believe that running is a, a technique, uh, just like biking is a skill set. You know, there's a lot of skills involved in running and if you can, learn how to run correctly it can keep your body healthy which is probably the most important thing when it comes to these um, ultra running events well for sure and to take that a step further how did running 100 miles look different compared to riding in terms of like gear or preparation aside from it coming at you slower yeah the the preparation side is you know mainly was nutrition you know it's just so hard to go that long and also have enough nutrients coming in uh with the combined 
effort of running uh, was was a huge challenge and and for my uh, 100 mile run last year the last 20 miles or so was you know my stomach kind of hit a wall and didn't want to take anything more in and and that's where you know so I don't know how to overcome that yet <laughs> but you know maybe be a little faster so I'm not out there so long <laughs> might might be the cure there uh, but the nutrition side of thing was really tough for me uh, I felt like I have that dialed in on the bike pretty well um, but it wasn't you know a direct relationship whereas the bike is you know eight nine hours you know I can kind of survive off of liquid nutrition and gels and don't really feel the need for anything solid but you know the run last year took me 28 and a half hours and that was a, a different beast that's really hard to experiment with you know so i, I don't mm -hmm. recommend spending 24 hours doing a training run <laughs> to experiment with that so i guess in a way it's kind of guessing how, how your body's going to handle so that was just my experience now so were you trying to take on a lot more solids during the run and then how many calories would you try to go for an hour in either discipline? Yep. So on the bike, I usually shoot for three to 400 calories per hour. And um, I do that pretty well on the liquid side of things and can do it with the intensity behind it. Um, on the run, uh, I don't remember my exact plan, but I reduced that a little bit uh, and try to keep it a little more on the solid side of things. Um, you know, I think it worked fairly well for, you know, the first three quarters. And then, you know, when my stomach hit a wall and just didn't want to take anything more in, it, it was just trying whatever. So definitely more, uh, solids and, uh, more use of the aid station food, which maybe I should have practiced a little more beforehand, uh, just, you know, what, what it's like to eat ramen in the middle of the night <laughs> with a cup of hot chocolate wasn't something i've never i've ever tried before so you know i don't know if i have the solution for that but um yeah definitely more on the solids okay so when you're towing that line in 2023 in the run is there gonna be many changes from what you did in 2021 uh, more focused uh, run training. So I would like to, you know, I do these things because I enjoy the racing aspect of it and I want to see how fast I can do and how high I can play. So I'll definitely spend some more time uh, working on my run um, and, and trying to still dial in that nutrition challenge. Um, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with it on the bike, but yeah, I'm mostly focusing on the run, trying to get uh, faster, which sounds funny to say trying to get faster on a hundred mile run, but yeah, if I can cut some time off, I think that would be helpful too on the nutrition side of things. That way I don't have to take in so many calories uh, for a 28 hour day. Well, I mean, your track record looks pretty good. If I were a betting man and I am, I'm betting that time is going to just come down pretty significant. Uh, um, okay. So whenever you, you know, I mean, you know, you're you're four years into this bike thing. You're two couple of years into this run thing with your deer in the headlights hat on. What's the best advice you have for a newbie in each each or either discipline? Planning, um, you know, if you're if you have a good plan in place, you have your your crew that helps you out. If you have that ability to have crew 
you know, if anything, if you can have somebody in your crew kind of takes on the lead to help you out with the organization of who's driving where and who's meeting where and what you're supplying to, you know, if you have all that stuff laid out in advanced, I would say try not to be a procrastinator with that because that race week or two weeks up to the race is could be pretty stressful, uh, especially if you're traveling into town. So the earlier you can get the planning phase done, the less stress you'll have come race day. And, uh, and that is uh, applicable to both the run and the, uh, the bike. So um, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I just saw Frank right by me. <laughs> oh, goodness. You better duck. He might make you do intervals or something. He's, he's pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, that would probably be my biggest recommendation. Um, that way you can stay focused on it and and then you know stay tough it's it's uh you'd be surprised how how far you can push yourself um if you have any sort of negative thoughts or you start believe you know disbelieving in your ability you gotta just shake those out of your head as quickly as possible and get back on the positive track of believing that you can finish these races um, and, and that was, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do is to challenge myself in those own ways. <laughs> and I've definitely have had those thoughts of quitting, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not, not the person that doesn't have those thoughts. It's the person that knows how to overcome those thoughts and can continue on even when, you know, the cards are against them. So yeah, planning and, and just being tough and not giving up. <laughs> well, I think that's. I know I ask a lot of, of these questions like, you know, biggest takeaway for a newbie or, you know, some of these strategies like calories and that. But I think you've really hit upon something and and that's definitely where I want to take this. I have you on now for very specific reasons. I, you know, starting this project, I wanted to have alternate bikers runners and community members um also with this podcast my goal is to show the magic of leadville and boy heath do you ever check all these buckets i mean you you've taken on these challenges after you know you got play after leadville actually literally found you and uh your family, your whole family has just plugged so deep into the entire community. Your daughters are even racing their bikes on the team. Your wife's pushing you into all of this. Um, your attitude, your willingness to step in and selflessly drive Leadville to be a better community is really what all this is about. And you say you talk about a coach and all that. Um, I think you're the best coach for these people and I want them to take away the importance of what that mental attitude will do. I want them to take away your career, your athletics. They've all stayed in line and in step with more, better, faster, stronger, dig deeper, dig into your inexhaustible well of grit guts and determination And that's the importance. And the magic is all those things you've done just show that you're the magic. As is everybody listening that Leadville has found, 
and everybody that Leadville will find will soon one day also be that magic. So I just really want everybody to take that from this. I want to ask you a deep one on how has the Leadville Trail 100 and Leadville shaped your life beyond race day? Yeah, a lot. Uh, first of all, I, I appreciate all that. It's hard to accept all those uh, those nice gestures, but I'm thankful for that. And it's really not just me. It's definitely a team effort of you know my family's support and everybody in Leadville and even the people that aren't from Leadville, but they come here to participate in the events. They, they're all, you know, I feel like it's just one giant team effort, you know, even down to the job level with those that are involved in the sheriff's office and in law enforcement, first responders, it's, it's, it's all a team effort and definitely not one person, mm-hmm. but yeah, the race there. Yeah. The race has definitely molded me beyond race day, you know, and it's, and it, it carries over into a lot of life challenges that we all have, you know, no, nobody skates through this life easily. Um, but when, when you face those challenges that these races provide for you, then it com- completes you, you know, it makes you a, a better person when you have a challenge at work or a challenge at family, you, you think about those hard times that you've been through and you think, no, I can get through this. And, and it just takes that, you know, that determination to, to fight through those challenges. So it's a great benefit way beyond the race. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, while we're here, Ken and Mary Lee, you got any stories about that pair? Oh, I'm sorry. I broke up there for a second. Um, what was that? Cool. Uh, Ken and Mary Lee, do you have any stories you want to share about that pair? Oh yeah. <laughs> they, they've been just, uh, such a great encouragement, uh, for me, especially in, in these, you know, this year, I want to point out, especially how supportive they've been, uh, towards, towards my, you know, major decision of leaving the state patrol and running for sheriff and a county that's been their home for so long. And, and just that they've encouraged me in that direction, uh, and, and not been convincing, but just saying, Hey, you can do this, you know, and it's a reminder of, again, what these races do for us all that, you know, you can stick it out. And so that's, that goes back to that team effort, you know, where they're, they're a part of that, um, and, and every step of the way. So I, I greatly appreciate the examples that, that they've established for us all and, uh, their continued effort, which is just, uh, it's endless and it's, 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 it's been very impressive to, to me, and, and it keeps me going, too. <laughs> well, great. That's a, what we love to hear. What do you think of when you hear the word Leadville? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, when I, it's, it seems like it's, it's a, kind of its own magical place. You know, it seems slightly, you know, just it's a it's a point in this state where you can kind of get away from it all, but you can still be involved. Uh, just it it does like you like you mentioned before about checking boxes. This this checks all the boxes. You know, it's a beautiful town. Uh, it it it's a hearty town. Every time I see somebody who's from here has a long history here, they're just they're they're tough people, uh, but they're also loving people. And it's just a, a great combination that this town represents its history. And uh, it, yeah, it just, it, it does a lot for me. Well, we're glad that we check your boxes because you definitely check ours. Is there anything else you'd like to share before I let you go today? 
Uh, just that I appreciate your time and all the work that you've done towards this podcast. I think it's been very beneficial. So I wanted to thank you for doing it and thank you for having me on. Well, I can't thank you enough. It's been such a pleasure and thank you so much for giving me your time today. Thank you, Cole. Well, Leadville family, I told you today's guest was going to be a treat and I know it didn't disappoint. Uh, The biggest thing, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, the takeaways from Heath are his mental capacity and not his actual training. Uh, Heath knows about digging deep and he knows about a life of purpose is the purpose of life. I want you to take that forward and be like Heath. Then come race day, we'll be handing out a lot more of those buckles. Until then, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we can't wait to see you at home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville.